Welcome to Near Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway. Today we are going to share the uh, near-death experience of Emma Louise, who was born in 1849 and died in 1933. So this is another older near-death experience. And I share this partly because um, some people are under the false assumption that that as soon as Raymond Moody's came book came out, all of a sudden people started having near-death experiences. No, that's not true. They've been having them all along. It's just that um, they were given so much flack for having them or uh, telling about them before that people just learned to shut up. And when they'd have an experience like that, they'd tuck it away and try to forget about it. Sometimes they would know for themselves and be comforted by it, but they wouldn't dare share it. Um, whether because of tradition, because of upbringing, whatever. But um, there are scads of experiences that you can read from before 1970, whatever it was. And this is one of them. And this is told by uh, uh, Emma's granddaughter, Janice. And she says, The setting for these events is 1884. My grandmother lived with her family in a large home in Greenville, Michigan. She was the mother of four children, four living children, ranging in age from 10 to an infant. My grandfather was a family doctor. I will tell her story of a near-death experience as I remember it being told to me many years ago. I am also attaching my father's account of these events as he recorded them in the 30s as part of his autobiography. My grandmother was seriously ill. An upstairs room on the third floor of the home was set aside as sick room for her, away from the hubbub of her active children. A hired girl cared for the children and took care of running the household while grandmother was sick. During this period of time, my grandmother seemed to have an uncanny knowledge of what was happening in the household and in the neighborhood, although no one was providing her the information, nor could she hear what was happening on the floors below. The only example of this that I can recount is, for instance, she said, a neighbor has brought over some freshly chummed butter and left it on the back door. Will you please bring it in? There was no way she could have seen or heard this happening. I was told there were many other such instances. There came a time when she became seriously, or became increasingly ill. My grandfather brought a medical colleague for consultation. While they were with her, she ceased to breathe, and neither my grandfather nor his colleague could feel a pulse. They declared her dead, but my grandfather was not one to give up easily. He rigged up a battery to give a shock to her heart. She began to breathe again and lived another 50 years. She recounted a most remarkable experience during this period of time after being declared dead. She felt as though she were taking a gentle journey down a river. She heard beautiful music. She felt a degree of peace and joy such as she had never experienced before. She believed she was in heaven and recognized that she had died. While this was going on, she began to have conflicting thoughts. 
I must go back. My children need me. Versus, I can't leave this contentment and beauty. This internal struggle went on for some time. Then she awakened and recovered her health, living a full and satisfying life, and seeing her children all grow up and have successful lives of their own. And now here's Janice's father's account of the same episode from April 6th, 2002, is when it was written. Another vivid memory is the illness of my mother. My brothers and I had German measles, but not severely. However, my mother, tired out with taking care of us, came down with the same illness, complicated with pneumonia, as we were recovering, and after a severe illness, was apparently dead. As she was failing, we were called in to say goodbye to her. When other doctors pronounced her dead, my father insisted on continuing various restorative measures, including a batter- an electrical battery, and after a time she again began to breathe and lived for another 50 years. One feature of this illness was the clairvoyant dreams in which she seemed to visit other places and see various scenes. She was even able to tell of events and incidents which occurred in the house during her illness and of which no one told her. This whole illness and the accompanying phenomena were, we were never able to explain. Right after this illness, she took a trip to Madison, Wisconsin, to rest up after the strain of her experience, and while crossing Lake Michigan, her steamer caught fire, and she spent most of the night in an open boat in her nightgown. That's the end of the whole experience. Kind of a funny way to end there. It's like, well, what happened? Did she catch on fire? What, you know. Um, but uh, I think this is characteristic, and it's a it's characteristically written for how near-death experiences were often shared in previous generations, because they were often given with very little detail, as we would consider it today. They don't always say, I saw a light, and there was a being in the light, and I felt this warm sensation, and, and you know, these days we're very, we're very media, um, uh, media full, and we try to write as if we're reading it in a book, which I think is good. I mean, that I don't think that was common, you know, 50 years ago, for example. I think people, other than people who really enjoyed writing and learned to write that way, um, people would just write, well, I, I, I died, and then I found that I was somewhere else, and, and pretty soon I was back, you know, and it, it's very simple uh, in the wording and so forth. But this has some interesting details. She says that uh, she found herself on, j- taking a journey, a gentle journey down a river. Now, it's not clear if she's in a boat or if she's just floating down uh, in the water on her own or maybe she's swimming. It's unclear, but she's traveling down this river and she heard beautiful music and felt peace and joy such as she had never experienced before. And it even says that she believed she was in heaven and recognized that she had died. And that seems to be somewhat common. Sometimes it takes people a few minutes to, or, well, from their perspective, a few minutes. It's often, you know, in a matter of a split second to 
um, in mortal time, but but as they're walking around, seeing and doing things, they realize, oh, could I have died? And then at some point, they realize they have, and uh, and so, but some, they step away and they're like, oh, so this is what it's like to be dead, you know, and and they recognize immediately that that's what's going on. I don't know if that has to do with upbringing, what they've been taught about death, and if they're familiar with these kinds of experiences, maybe they're more apt to say, oh, I guess I'm dead, rather than say, what's going on? Why, am, why is my hand going right through the door or whatever? I think I'm at a state now that if I ever pass through things, there may be a few moments where, I'm, where I don't notice because, you know, in the spirit form, that's how things are, and so you, you're just comfortable with it. But uh, I don't think I'm going to have a point where it feels strange. I think it'll be more like, like, oh, I'm a spirit now. I, either I've left my body um, for some unknown reason or I've just died. You know, but anyway, um, so kind of interesting. And I would encourage you, if there's an appropriate moment, to ask your grandparents, if they're still alive, or your parents, somebody who's older, ask them about any experiences they've had approaching death, and if they remember anything from the time their body was unconscious. Um, because I think what you'll find is that most people have had something. It may not be big, it may not be a light and a tunnel, it may not be as expansive as this, but most people have experienced something. Maybe, you know, they just find themselves... I, I, I stood up and I looked around and then I laid back down because I was tired. And, and then when I talked to people about it later, they said, you never got up, you were asleep the whole time or you were unconscious the whole time. You know, and just little things where it's like, well, what is that, you know? Slightly off from what seems plausible in the physical world. And what you'll find, too, if you do that, is many, many, many of you will find that family members or loved ones or neighbors or whatever have had extensive near-death experiences that they've just never reported. They think, they think, well, why do I need to tell people about this? Why, you know, this is a personal thing, it's, it's just for me. Or maybe they'll think, people are going to think I'm crazy if I say that. I don't want to sound crazy. But if you, in, a, in an appropriate moment of confidence, ask them, I think you'll find that they have these kinds of experiences. So, I encourage you to do that. And, you know, not in any invasive way, obviously. If they don't feel like sharing, then don't push. Don't push. Just let them know that you're open to the idea, if they do want to share. So... We have a comment that was made, sent to uh, Near Death Experience Podcast at gmail.com that I'd like to read. This is by Andy Kirkdale. Uh, Andy says, Dear Chaz, as someone who frequently looks through the Enderf archive, it's great to find a podcast like yours. For many years now, I've been drawn to near-death experience research and what these narratives can tell us about consciousness and spirituality. I write poetry and fiction with science fiction and fantasy themes and use fiction as a way to explore topics like near-death experiences and the afterlife. I also have a blog where I feature these topics. 
For example, here's a post I wrote about Dr. Moody, Dr. Raymond Moody and PMH Atwater. And it has a link, andykirkdale.com slash blog slash afterlife. And then, and here's another post I wrote about near-death experiences. And it's at andykirkdale.com slash blog slash life dash continues dash with dash love. I can include those links on the in the show notes. And then Andy continues. I plan to write more and currently I'm working on a post about spiritual experiences and music. I'd like to mention your podcast. In particular, I'd like to link to the Heavenly Music episode because the Angel Symphony story is astounding and reminded me of a dream I had which I want to write about. Regards, Andy. That is so cool, Andy. Thank you so much. And feel free to use anything from the podcast uh, for, you know, things that you want to share, things that you want to put on your website. I'm I'm all about the open market. So absolutely. And thank you so much for your kind comments and so forth. Again, I've linked to these uh, blog entries, the uh, the two posts. Um, that Andy lists. So um, thank you so much for your comment. And to everyone else, if you would like to contribute to the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash ndecast to become an ongoing monthly uh, uh, contributor. Um, and you can also go get on iTunes and leave a review. That will help other people find the podcast. And uh, whether you just want to share some stars or if you want to share a review, in fact, the reviews, people see those. And sometimes people base their willingness to even attempt a show, to to try it out on the reviews. I know for myself, if I see a show and I'm like, hmm, I'll usually go to the reviews and say and see what people say if they say, you know, it's it's grating on the ears. They, you know, don't have a very good voice for it or whatever. I usually won't bother. <laughs> and uh, but uh, you know that just helps people find it, and it tells iTunes people are listening, and so it it helps them to know this is one to include if somebody's looking up podcasts on I don't know spirituality or whatever. You know, so um, leave a review. You can also contact us by emailing near-death-experience-podcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDE-CAST. If it cuts you off after three minutes, just call right back and keep calling back until you get your full message uh, to us. And with that, thank you all of you so much again for listening.